Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hemology Podcast. I'm your host, Sawyer Whitaker, and thank you for tuning in to season two of the Hemology Podcast. Um, we were able to start off with some great hymns last season, um, but you know, from time to time, you got to take a break with holidays, and not to mention that uh, this podcast was starting during a pandemic, so you kind of have to take some time to reset. But we are excited. And I'm excited to be able to get back talking about these great songs, hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs, and everything in between. Um, A few things to look forward to this season. I would love to try to get some interviews going um, with either some songwriters or just people who are interested in the same thing um, that I'm interested in, and that you are probably interested in too if you're listening to this. So if you would like to be a part of this, let me know. Um, we do have an Instagram account, the Hemology Podcast. Um, on Instagram, we also have a Facebook page. Again, that's the Hemology Podcast on Facebook. So if you'd like to be more involved in the show, I would love to be able to have you on and talk about these great songs, especially if there's one that you just really, really are connected to. So what are we going to do this season, and what is going to be our first hymn? So last year... The main hymnal that we went through was the uh, the, the Baptist hymnal. The, if, if you are Southern Baptist, you know the hymnal I'm talking about. Um, it's the hymnal that hymnal that's behind every pew. It's the maroon one. Um, it's the one from I believe the '80s, um, and it's been around and used. And to be honest with you, to be able to get Hymnals for a whole church has become expensive, especially whenever screens have um, and projection has been implemented in churches. Um, may not be very budget conscious of churches, so that could be the last hymnal that your church has purchased. Um, so that's where we were, and there were a lot of great songs in in that hymnal, and some of them not my favorite, um, but a lot of them were, and. Um, it's always good to be able to go back and, and see what's in those hymnals that we grew up with. Um, some of you probably grew up with hymnals that are maybe a little bit older than that one, and that's okay. Um, but what we're going to do this season is that we're going to try to take um, take it week by week, of course, but then we're also going to try to go through <clears throat> some different hymnals that you may not be familiar with. Um, for example, um, the one we're going to go through today is a brand new hymnal. Um, yeah, a, a brand new hymnal called Hymns of Grace. And if you're familiar with John MacArthur um, and his ministry out in California, um, he has a publishing house, um, and, I, and I believe it's called Master's Publishing House. I'm not exactly sure, but that's who has published it um, through Master's Seminary. Um, he's most famous for um, his writings, but especially his commentary and probably more known to you, would be um, the MacArthur Study Bible. Well, he also has a hymn book. Um, not that he wrote all the hymns, but I do believe he wrote some of them. Um, but it's a contemporary hymnal, um, and those and we have put those two words together. It's a contemporary hymnal. Now, of course, we have the same songs that are in all hymnals, Amazing Grace, How Great Thou Art, all those. But there are also some hymns that have been written with maybe with just within the past five years. And we've talked about that last season, about how there are and there is a such thing as new hymns. We're going to start off with an older hymn in this new hymnal. And we may not go so far into the the details and the history of 
the hymn, but more so um, the con the content um, that is found in the hymn. So, but before we get started, um, I'm going to give a little bit of background about myself, just in case this is your first time viewing the show. Um, now that this is season two, just to kind of give a little bit of context of where I'm coming from. So, as stated in the beginning of the show, my name is Sawyer Whitaker. Um, I grew up in church the majority of my life. Um, I was able to be a part of some churches who, of course, were faithful to the hymns, faithful to the hymn book, um, whether that be to a fault or whether that be to um, more of a positive way. Um, I was able to kind of be a part of a lot of that. Um, started doing worship ministry at a pretty young age, started doing that around my junior year of high school, um, was involved in um, our, our praise team at the church that I was a part of, started playing bass there, was introduced to the world of contemporary music. Um, uh, contemporary Christian music was not that familiar, to be honest with you. That was back when, and these names may be new to you too, but that was back when um, I was first introduced to groups like Hillsong, people like Chris Tomlin, you know, big names, the contemporary world. But I was not familiar with it because, like I said, most of the churches that I was a part of on Sunday mornings were primarily uh, hymn book churches. And then, um, fast forward a few years, I attended a conference called the Passion Conference. And if you know anything about the Passion Conference, it is a conference held um, primarily in Atlanta um, for college-age students. And it was at that moment when I was really able to understand what worship and theology and preaching could be. Now, God has taken me on a long journey since then, um, so I don't view that as necessarily the way every church should be, um, but that was kind of the awakening where I was able to have, like, okay, so this is this is what worship can be. It can be a little more grand um, than, let's, let's pick a couple of hymns. Now, Going on a few years today, um, where I'm at now, I'm currently a student pastor, but I'm also a worship leader. So I'm able to combine those two things together. So these songs that we talk about, I'm not just talking about them, and I don't just have opinions about them. Um, these are songs that I use, um, uh, that we use in our church, and um, that we are um, thankful to have. As a matter of fact, the first few episodes of the show last season um, were also a part of um, a part of a series in our church newsletter, newsletter that I was doing called SSBC Song Stories, where we would go through the history of the songs to be able to kind of give a little bit of background as to why we were singing the songs on Sundays and, you know, what, what the importance of them could be in our church. So that's just a little bit about me. Um, we can talk more about that later. I know you're not all quite as interested in that as you are in the songs that we're going to talk about. But today, what we are going to talk about is a great hymn that probably is not saying often enough um, because it may be harder to sing. And also, um, it may be harder to make into a contemporary version of. I've heard a few, but they are still not necessarily the easiest um, songs to sing. So here we go. Out of the Hymns of Grace hymnal, Hymn number 11 is All Creatures of Our God and King. All Creatures of Our God and King is going to be the first 
him we discuss this season on the Hymology Podcast. So before we begin talking about all creatures of our God and King, I want to go um, into the Hymns of Grace hymnal just a little bit. I know we mentioned it earlier, but I want to kind of say how I've been using it. So as soon as I began to be the um, to be one of the worship leaders of our church, I knew that one we needed to continue bringing in newer songs to to continue to grow. But we also needed to be reminded of the older songs that we sing. Um, so how how do you do that? Well, my mind went to how about a new hymnal. So what we did along with our other worship pastor is order these new hymnals. We only ordered about a handful of them. So he could have one, I could have one, our pianist could have one, and there could always be one, say, in our choir room for for that group to look over. Um, And so what we've been able to do is, along with our more contemporary songs um, that we sing, is add in some some newer hymns, but also be able to say, hey, these are also part of a hymn book, um, right there along with your favorite hymns. Just because the year says 2000 and so and so doesn't mean that it makes it um, any less of a hymn. So this is a great resource, and what I'll do is I'll put a link to this hymnal if you'd like to order your own copy um, and follow along with us as we go. Um, and, I, and I'll put that link in our Instagram um, bio. So um, if you can find that, you'll be able to find a way to order this. If not, you can always check out um, Hymns of Grace. Um, you can always Google that, and I'm sure that that's going to pop up first. So here we go. Let's dive into all creatures of our God and King. Now, like I said, we're not going to necessarily go off of the history so much this time around, um, but really what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the structure of the hymn and how it can be used um, in a worship context, whether that be corporate or whether that be at home, in your family devotion time, or just simply as you're sitting singing these songs to yourself, which I find myself doing a lot. So we're going to break down All Creatures of Our God and King in this way. If you notice, in most hymnals you have sections that they're broken down into. This song in um, the Hymns of Grace hymnal is only hymn number 11. And typically what that means is that that is in more of the God the Father um, adoration and praise type part of the worship service where you would um, bring in maybe like a call to worship. So this would be a good song for that. Um, So we're going to kind of see where this song belongs in a service that you would typically sing and then break down the hymn itself. So we have this song in the beginning of the hymnal, meaning because more specifically, it would be used in the beginning of a worship service. doesn't have to, but what the song truly does is that it brings adoration and praise to God the Father in the very beginning of your Sunday morning or whenever worship service. So what this hymn does is that it gives you a group, a cluster of beings. We're just going to say beings for now. Um, And also maybe a cluster of things of God's creation. Okay, we're going to simply say that. And then it draws you back over into adoration. Okay, so let's look at the first couple of lines here. And we're going to look at what the writer was saying when he said, this is what is bringing praise to God. So verse 1 says this, and it's the title. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice with us and sing. Then he goes, Alleluia, 
Hallelujah. So all creatures of our God and King, what does that mean? Obviously, that means everything that God has created um, lifts up a praise to God. That is where we are in the very beginning of the song. When you open up with it, that's where we're going. Everything is worshiping and praising God. The next few words says, Thou burning sun with golden gleam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. So not only is creation praising God, like when we think of creation, we may think of animals and and, uh, things like that, you know, people, Um, but also the sun that is shining and the moon that is gleaming. Night and day, everything constantly points towards the adoration and praise of God the Father. We're not going to go to the refrain yet. We're going to keep going um, and see kind of what else the author was saying um, whenever we got into this. So, verse 2 begins off by saying, Thou rushing wind that art so strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along. So listen to that. We have the rushing wind also leading to praise of God. Think about a windy day. It's cold, it's strong, it blows your hair around, it blows stuff all over the place. Um, if you're like me, most of the year, um, from where I live in Alabama, it's it's usually a hot wind. It's, it's rarely a, a cold wind. It's usually humid and hot. But sometimes it's cold and it's, and it's, uh, it's nice. Um, so you imagine that wind blowing through. Um, even that wind that you experience on a daily basis is something that leads to praising God. So we have the wind that rushes so strong. We have the clouds, and then he says, ye clouds that sail in heaven along. Ye clouds that sail in heaven along. So we have the wind, we have the clouds also that we see every day, again, leading in praise to God. The next line, the next phrase is, thou rising morn in praise rejoice, ye lights of evening find a voice. So again, we have another comparison of night and day where we had in the first verse we had the sun and the moon now we simply have the rising of the morning and the setting and the lights of the evening the cycle of a day in itself is something that points towards the praise of God and I know that's hard for us to think about whenever we have so many things that happen in our day in one day your whole life can change. In one day, nothing could happen. But in that 24-hour cycle, we have all of creation praising God. So that is something that we can look at even in the most mundane of days. In verse 3, the shift starts changing a little bit from, from what we're talking about. Verse 3, he says, And all ye men of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. And all ye men of tender heart, forgiving others, take your part. So now, instead of showing something that is drawn to worship, it's more of an exhortation, a command, a plea to be tender-hearted to be forgiving because within worship there is also confession of sin and there is forgiveness that is found in Jesus. 
so that is where this song is now taking. All those who have tender hearts, who have convicted hearts, who need to grant forgiveness or receive forgiveness, turn your praise to God. Going along, the second half of verse 3 says, Ye who long pain and sorrow bear, praise God on him and cast your care. I'm going to read that again. Ye, you all, who long pain and sorrow bear, you all who have been in pain and sorrow for a very long time, here's what you can do. You can praise God and on him give him your burdens. Lay your burdens down. Cast your cares on him. Now, that may not fix everything. It's not what the author is saying. But he is saying that that is where our sorrows and our pain and our struggles should go, is to praise. Verse 4, last verse we're going to talk about before we shift over to the more adoration um, section of the hymn. Let all things their creator bless. And this is a great, this is a great verse, okay? This is the one, when I think of all creatures of our God and King, this is the verse that I always go back to. Let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. What a great rhyme. I, I like Dr. Seuss, okay? Everybody loves a good Dr. Seuss story. I love rhymes. Everything, everybody likes everything to rhyme. But how about that rhyme? Let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. That, that's something that we can always have in our minds um, on a daily basis. So when, when we say let all things, we're talking about ourselves. We're talking about the trees. We're talking about the sky. We're talking about our pets. We're talking about everything. All things let their creator bless. And how are we supposed to do it? We're supposed to worship him in humbleness. As somebody who leads worship every Sunday, it can sometimes be difficult um, to put yourself in the right place. Um, because a lot of the times we make things about us. You know, how things sound, how things look, how things feel, how, how things ended up. But so often we need to be reminded that this is not about us. We need to be humble, right? So all things bless their creator in a, in a mindset of humility is what the author is pushing here. And I'm going to reveal the author after we get done with this because I think it's a, an interesting um, point to make. So we'll, we'll talk about that at the end. Second part of verse 4 says, Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit. Three in one. So you're in your worship service and you're going through this song talking about praising the praising God. And then at the very end, you after you've gone through all these different types of um, beings that worship God and all this creation that brings praise to Him, then at the very end of the verse, the last verse, you're reminded who it is you're worshiping. So you're, you're reminded of how, with a humble heart, and who? And who are you worshiping? You're worshiping the God of the Trinity. The God of the Trinity. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. 
So just within the verses alone, not even mentioning the chorus, I guess we could say, the refrain, we have this litany, this list of what all brings praise to God. And let's just do a quick summary of what those are. We have, obviously, all creatures of our God and King. We have the sun and the moon. We have the wind. We have the clouds. Again, we have the morning and the evening. We have men and women with convicted hearts showing forgiveness to one another. We have those who are in pain and sorrow. And then at the very end again, we have all things with a humble heart, praising God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So where is the author leading us to now? Where does he want us to go? So let's look at it. This is, a good, like I said, this is quite a long hymn. So, which means there is a little bit more to it than just verse, course, verse, course, verse, course. There's a second page, I guess you could say. So the the chorus in itself that we find at the end is this, Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him, Alleluia, Alleluia. And that is, that is where the, the song typically goes. That is where we're leading in direction. All these things that we just did, that we just talked about, um, we just listed, all these things should praise, praise Him, praise Him, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. So that's really driving home the main point of the song, that everything we just mentioned is to lift up praise and adoration to God of the Trinity. Then there's one little extra part to the song that if you want to do, there's the, if you look at the hymnal, sometimes you can see this little bitty part that says, optional last stanza setting, meaning if you want to add a little bit of extra emphasis on what it is that we're trying to do. You can do this. And in this case, what it does is it repeats verse 4. Let all things their creator bless and worship him in humbleness. Praise, praise the Father, praise the Son, and the Spirit three in one. Oh, praise him, oh, praise him, alleluia, alleluia. So it really drives home that last thought of humble worship. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So that is all creatures of our God and King. So who wrote it, right? Who, who wrote this song? Well, originally, now how do, I, how do I know this? Okay, I'm not an encyclopedia of, of, of hymns, okay? I, you can find this out just as well as I can. I just like talking about it, okay? Um, and yes, I am <laughs> I'm in a room all by myself talking um, to a microphone about these hymns going on and on and on. I just like talking about it. You can find out the information just as well as I can. For example, in the Hymns of Grace hymnal and, and just about any other hymnal, you can look at the bottom of the hymn and you can see who wrote the words and who composed the music. Okay? Um under words in the hymns of grace, the original author of this hymn. Now, it probably it was not written in this exact same way, but the concept of what was being said was written by 
Hicks, and I prob I never known how to say this last name, so I'm just gonna say it. And if you got any suggestions, let me know. But the name of the author is Saint Francis of Assisi. That guy, the guy that we've always heard about, you know, possibly in possibly in history, and um, definitely if you're more on the Catholic tradition, you you know about that. Um, you know who this guy is. He's he is the the nature saint, right? He's the one that when you see a, a, a painting of him or a mural of him, there's always birds and squirrels and, and rabbits and things surrounding him. Um, kind of reminds me of the way Snow White can be depicted in, 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 the, in older Disney movies. Um, he, he is in tune with nature, okay? But not just because he's, he likes nature, but because of what we just read. Um, he knows that nature draws, or he knew that, rate, that nature draws us and is drawn to worship. Everything on earth is drawn to worship. And then the um, all this was kind of composed together um, by a couple of guys named William Draper and Thomas Ken. Um, I'm be honest, I do not know much about them, but they are the ones who put together this hymn in a, in a singable format, and the music was added to it later on. All Creatures of Our God and King. A great song to go at the beginning of a worship service. A great song to sing if you're a hunter. Maybe if you're out in the woods and you see all the creation that you're around. A great way to be reminded that all these things, just by simply existing, are worshiping God. Maybe if you're somebody who likes to go on hikes. Um, as you hike, you can you see everything around you you can be reminded that even these things are worshiping God all the time, not just, you know, on a Sunday morning. Or if you're uh, more like me and you just look at your window and you see trees and you see your backyard and you see your dogs playing and you see um, things that you should probably get done, even in, even in that lifestyle, even in that lifestyle, all of those things point to the creation um, or all, all those creations point to the worship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. So what a great reminder. Well, that was a long one, and I'm very aware that that was a long one, and that's okay, because it has been a little while since we've been able to discuss um, these great hymns. So stay tuned for the rest of the season, season two of the Hymnology Podcast, for new things that are coming down the line. And I hope to be more connected with you all as we continue on. But as always, I have been Sawyer Whitaker. And always remember to sing the truth.